It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast to celebrate its 100th episode this week. Guys, we made it to 100 episodes. No guests this week for episode 100, nothing special. Just us celebrating ourselves. And that's really what everybody comes for. Just us talking about ourselves, talking about other things. Guys, I, I will say when we started this, I didn't I wasn't necessarily confident we were going to get to 100 episodes. We just kind of started it and rolled through. And it's a pretty cool accomplishment to have this many. So kudos to us. Reflections on 100 episodes, gentlemen. We've really powered through 200, I'll say. Um, we almost went without taking a week off. We did take a week off like three weeks ago. Didn't even tell anybody. I don't think, did anybody put a tweet out? Yeah, I did. I, I, yeah, tweet, yeah. I did. Yeah. We put it out like Friday morning. Cause we almost, we were, we were trying to pull it back together. We were, tr- we were thinking about like morning recordings. We were thinking about, and then I, we were just like, you know what? People are on vacation. We're just, there's, there's not, nothing a ton, there wasn't, a, there was nothing happening. We just like punted it. It was like around 4th of July. I yeah, think it was all star weekend. Mm, yeah maybe maybe yeah yeah we punted it so in honor of the 100th episode i just started to have a few internet connections there yeah it's, so, it's amazing the the beginning of this show was very influenced by your horrible internet which has since really gone away you know you've you have some different locations you're potting from at times but you have had no bad internet really anywhere so it's nice to see you freeze again that was that was that really brought me back it's a throwback it's a throwback <laughs> September 2020 vibes. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, sometimes you would just he would drop out. We haven't had someone drop out of a drop out of a show in a while. And I think that was I, I hope that the listeners have realized that our our technology game really has improved since we started. Like you and I are now using mics, RDT. <laughs> I had a mic at one point. I kind of dropped it. I pop some airpods in the mix maybe there's still room for there's still room for improvement i think we could obviously clean up the audio quality and things like that but it used to be like people are dropping out during the show or like stopping me and eric are like talking for five minutes as banks is not there to try to cover up but he's not there we're making fun of the faces that he has in the freezing of the zoom so you know that stuff is pretty much stopped so we we've gotten it together on that and a lot a lot has happened i when i was thinking about it when i was driving home today i thought we're doing the hundredth show. I don't know if there has been a singularly more exciting time for the topic that we cover, which is mainly the two Baltimore sports teams as there is right now. If you think about it until the last, you know, two months, the Orioles have essentially been a non-factor on this show, except for really negative things. And us <laughs> talking about the prospects, having Adley on and Grayson and the, and all those different guys and, you know, pumping up the future. And there's been some little moments there. John means no hitter. Now they are essentially tied for a wild card spot or, or close to being tied. Um, and, you know, right at, right. At, they're right in it, obviously, you know, two wins over Toronto. They're running them down. The Yankees could just beat Seattle. They would be right there. Um, tied with Tampa a team. They couldn't beat last year. So they're in a great place with many more stars to come. And then the Ravens are a legitimate Super Bowl contender coming into the year. Maybe not a, Top, top echelon, but a team that would not be surprising if they made a deep, deep run. Pretty cool to like be going into this time as we kind of, you know, roll into our next 100 episodes. It's a good time. all over again. (laughs) 20 and 20. What were the Ravens in 2014? 2014, I guess you could say. What what did they do that? I don't don't remember. They made the playoffs. They beat the Steelers. 
and then we don't talk about what happened at the beginning. All right. Yeah. Again. So again, it's, it's a very it's a good time to be a Baltimore sports fan. You you put it perfectly, Taylor. Yeah, it's it's I think it's really fun, and I I hope that people have enjoy, continued to enjoy listening to this, and uh, you know we'll try to continue to up the ante for what we're doing. I think you know started throwing the sh- we've thrown the shows on YouTube, social media, trying to uptick that a little bit more and figure out some fun things during football season. So more to come from the X32 podcast, but appreciate everyone that supported us. Whether you started at episode one, episode 20, episode 50, whenever you started, well, you know, episode 99, uh, appreciate everyone um, supporting the show. But as I said, what a, what an exciting time here. Thanks. You look at your percolating uh... with a thought. <laughs> You lost me there. <laughs> there it is. Um, there it is. High points. What, what, what's the high point of the show? Yeah, for you guys so far. And what's a low point? Wow, that's a really good question. You're uh, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, I I think your own medicine. I yeah, think my sorry. my high point. I, I think it's the Adley interview. I think that was just very cool. The fact that we got him on like super quick when we did. Um, and then we had like a full hour interview with him before, like you would ever like, again, it was the middle of COVID. Nobody was doing full sit down interviews. Um, I, I think that was definitely one of the, one of the cooler, cooler high point moments. I think for me, at least. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, I'm actually really trying to think of a low point when I was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought that getting Justin Tucker legitimately on here or pretty early on legitimized us a little bit. Um, he was like, you know, you know, the Ravens were, were kind enough to help us get him on. And obviously, you know, we've worked with the Orioles on a couple people too, like getting Trey on. I know you have the personal relationship that, um, I thought that was sort of like a, Hey, this is not just like three guys talking. We're going to get some, we're going to get some guys on here. Um, I thought that was a high point for us. Um, I I think that we've, we kind of came into our own a little bit with the instant analysis. I think that started a little bit raw. And I think some of those have been, some of like our best discussions with sort of the raw motion after games. I hope that the Orioles make the playoffs and we can do some of that for baseball, because I think that will be really, really fun to pull off. Um, and then I, I think our, our, our social media has, you know, had some pop-offs in its own right through, you know, the efforts I think of all three of us at times. And that's been sort of a fun collaboration where sometimes the three of us don't know what the other ones are doing on the account. And I think we've all kind of formed a pretty good ability to all, put our own little spin on what we're doing. Um, and that's been fun. That's been fun. As someone that does social media for a living, it's been fun to see like what works on the X52 account. We're getting kind of getting kind of deep here, but, and being like, Oh, I wonder if that stuff translates to like the brand accounts that you run, you know? So that's been like a cool little playground for me to watch and see what, you know, how your guys sort of personalities on your accounts translate to what we do. So that's been fun. I'm really trying to think of a low point. I will say when banks was walking through M and T bank stadium and I had to keep muting them, that might be my low point, which is an episode. <laughs> a lot of people actually liked. Was that the chiefs, just, chiefs week? Week two, I, right? was just, I was just like having to continue to mute him to get, to kill the, uh, to kill the audio when we were talking, it was just mm-hmm. annoying. But that that was an interesting that was interesting when we did that. It was interesting. I just oh, was yeah. like, I was like, fuck, I just want everyone to shut up around them. That just was very funny. <laughs> the Chiefs game, right? Yeah, I think yeah. week two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I you was gonna hammered. say that that was one of the high points for me. <laughs> oh, you know what the high point is? Um when got- Banks was when Banks was hammered in the Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving episode <laughs> and was and went on went on, I believe, a like 10 and marty was on that episode i believe you went on like a 10 minute 
rant about Tiger Woods, like hammered. And Marty texted me and said, Hey, I think you just need to end the show. I think that's the high <laughs> point of the show for me. <laughs> he was like, I don't think Banks is going to stop talking. I think that might be the high point of the show. Marty, Marty knows too. Marty, Marty, he's good at being like, All right, we have to wrap this up now. Yeah, this needs to be wrapped. I don't remember what that at all. I don't what remember. What are yours, Banks? I think we lost him again. We are really getting the full. This is really mm-hmm. the full throw back treatment here. We've full. gotten the we've gotten the full for it. Oh, now he's back. Now he's back. I just switched. I switched over which Wi-Fi I'm on. This is probably going to be more consistent. What are your high points? High points. Uh, well, the high point and a low point. I think are the low point is Eric cracking a beer in my face after the Titans ah. Ravens regular season game, and then the high point is the reciprocal. <laughs> When I got my uh, my oh, last right. laugh on that one, I had COVID. During so that, that was a good one. Second one <laughs> during the Titans, <laughs> the second Titans that he had COVID for the Titans game. But yeah, no, I, I echo all the things that you said. I think those were kind of the two, two or three guests there that really elevated us and um, got us to a point where people were just like, okay, like you said, like it's not just three guys talking. I mean, it, it really is at, at the heart of it. But um, just that that we're going to get some access to some people that people want to hear from in a different way than how they usually hear them. So that's that's kind of something I'm proud of. And then uh, I thought Nick Cannon Medley was awesome. And I don't know yeah. that that like people reacted or, or that got the traction that it should have because he he was awesome. Like, his stories were incredible. Um, he really just let it fly. Um, and I think that a lot more people, um, I don't know that people really expected that from him. I, I like, he was so, um, so well known and so beloved, like just before social media really became a thing. Mm-hmm. And then he was overseas for 15 years and wasn't on social media during any of it. And then it's just like, he's back. He's in America and he's just, He's Nick Kinger medley, and he's just letting it fly. So I thought that was awesome. Gary Williams was cool too. Yeah, Gary, mm. Gary, Gary was cool. Yeah, we've had some good. We've had some. We, it's the same thing. I sometimes when I look back on we do the hear the turtle for I do hear the turtle for Maryland, and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I've like interviewed all these people. We've had people like that on here where I'm like, oh wow, I can't believe we like. And we've had some like weird ones where like Banks was like sitting in the car for um for <laughs> Jacoby. Up. And Jacoby Jones, I was sitting at <laughs> I was sitting at the baseball stadium at Maryland for Bryson DeChambeau. Like we we have done some like very bizarre, had some very bizarre locations where interviews happened. Which has, I which did. Has, we did um, Jacoby Jones from a Burger King parking lot for me. We did Cassie Caliber from a McDonald's parking lot. Uh, Max Homer from a Seven Eleven parking lot. I think those are the three guests that I did from just random places. I did. Can you do Tucker from something? I think I did Justin Tucker from Taco Bell. Oh. Mm, and I think I've done some other things from Taco Bell too. That might have been other stuff, but still. Yeah, we've been all over the place. We've been all I over used the place. To, the nine to five used to hold the man down. Yeah, now you're now you're now you have your all your schedule flexibility. All right, let's get into talking about the Baltimore Orioles. What a run this continues to be. Eric, I think you put it very well. It's the best story in baseball, and it's really not close to this point. And I think we've gotten to the stage where this is no longer, like, fun because it 
you know, because it's just not happened. It's now like a legitimate playoff chase. Um, I think that's kind of developed the last two weeks or so. Um, and I think more so since the trade deadline, where if the team had started descending a bit after that, you would have been like, okay, that was great. We're on the next year. As as Michael Elias said, it's lift off from here. Well, I think most people thought when he said that it was going to be lift off, you know, next April. It's lift off right now. Um, this is a legitimate statement against the Blue Jays this week. The game, obviously, tonight as we're recording on Wednesday, rained out. But two huge wins. The comeback after the rain delay was absolutely awesome. I know RDT, you and I both fell asleep for that, so we, we did not watch it live. Um, but what else is there to say? I mean, I think this is now going to go from us talking about the sort of superlatives of the team of like, wow, this is amazing, to like, all right, like how do they get to the playoffs? Like what's our road now as I look at the date on August 10th to where at the end of September, this team's a playoff team. The bullpen has got to be as good as it's been. It's got to be because they're just continuing to knock it unbelievable starting pitching. They've got to continue to be good. Um, And this just feels like a, I think I said this one of the last couple weeks, like this is a truly every night there's a different star situation. It's like the freaking song. It's the Orioles magic song. Um, What a fun team to watch. And who knows what reinforcements are on the way. We'll see what decisions they make from the farm system. But, RDT, what's it like to watch this 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 team kind of make this like legitimate? Like, okay, we're we're one of these teams that's going to be in the wild card till the end of the till the end of the thing. It it's crazy because again, you were kind of just being like, yeah, like like you said, yeah, this is fun, but like they, they can't. There's no way this is going to last. The bullpen's going to fall apart. Starting pitching is going to you know show that that they're not very good, or you know they're going to have some guys going slumps, and they've kind of hit some of those points. The bullpen, like you said, has still been very good, but like they've had a bad stretch of starting pitching and they got through it. And they've had times where Mountcastle has been awful. Hayes has been awful. Mullins has been bad. Like, you know, Trey was very bad before he got traded for a little bit. And it's like, they've weathered those storms. And, and again, they're playing about as good at baseball as anybody else in, in, in the league right now. Like they're again, like you said it, I mean, they're six games above 500. Like it seemed like two weeks ago, we were celebrating them. Like they could be 500 by the 4th of July. You know, this is going to be awesome. And now it's like, they're like, they're six games up. They're six games above 500 their home record. I mean, they're playing super well at home. They've won like 17 of 20 at home, which is unbelievable. Like you think about stuff like that. It's crazy. Um, And yeah, they're not just like, Oh, they're within four games or five games of wildcard spot. They're in a wildcard spot right now with the Rays loss to the Brewers earlier today. They're tied with them, but I believe they have the, the tiebreaker, whatever it is. Um, again, and like you said, like, what's the game plan? How do you go from like, this would be fun if they're in the wild card chase? Like, how do you go from like, Hey, that would be fun, but there's a legitimate shot that they can get a wild card spot. And again, not even just like the third spot there, I think two game they're, they're, they're two games back of the top spot. And that's the blue Jays who they just took two. you know, they just beat them two times in a row with the game rained out tonight. Like, I, I I mean, I, I just, I still, I don't know what to say about this team every night. Like you said, like there's a different star. It's, it's Odor or it's, it's, you know, Hayes hitting big home runs. It's just, they've been so much fun to watch. And, and I know I, I kind of caught flack earlier in the year for being like, oh, I'm getting big 20, 20 uh, 2012 vibes from this team. And people were like, no, maybe 2011 where they kind of fool around and mess some people out of, you know, they, they mess them up at the end of the season. And now it's like, no. This is 2012 all over again. It seems like they had almost the identical record through like 106 games. I think they did have the an identical record. Um, and it's very eerie how it's like how the 2012 Orioles 
you know, needed some help in the infield and they brought up a, a phenom prospect in Manny Machado 10 years ago yesterday. And now it's like, Hey, listen, they kind of have a hole in the infield at second base or wherever you want to say it. They have a phenom prospect in Gunnar Henderson, who, by the way, I know Taylor loves this. There's a billion different prospects lists. He was just named the number one prospect in baseball by baseball America. And it's injects like, prospect lists into my veins. I, you know, I, I seriously I'm, can't get enough. I'm joining you now with like there, we need one. We just need fucking one. Like I, I can't, it's, there's too many baseball America and I've officially gone. No, no, we I, need two. We want USA today coaches. Poll yes. Yeah. Give me that. Give me two media poll or whatever. We I would, I would say that. And for, you just be one or the other. The two polls at this point are kind of, the dominant prospects lists are, I think, are Baseball America and MLB Pipeline at this point. Mm-hmm. I like MLB Pipeline because it's incredible to navigate, and the, mm-hmm. they have reports on everybody, and the stats are easy to find. It's like, but then you just have one off, like you have a Keith Laws with the Athletic, and you have all yep. those other things. You have you know Kelly McDaniel's with ESPN, so like those guys are good too. I think those are like as the brands, the two big pod, two podcasts, two big prospect lists. But I love MLB Pipeline. I just love the navigation. It's yeah, so it's... good. They update it really quickly. It's awesome. And Baseball America's paywalled whatever. Yeah. I just wait for someone to screenshot it and then tweet it out. And I'm like, all right, there we go. Um, but again, I mean, it's just been, we said it like every week, like, Oh, this team is getting fun to watch. You know, they're not getting blown out. This team is again, they're a legitimate good team like led by. And I mean, you can, you can single-handedly point back to the Adley game when he got called up They're 38 and 25 in those 63 games since he came up. Like that's, that's a legitimate good baseball team. Like, that you know, there are teams who are not playing that well of baseball. They haven't had stretched that well this year. I mean, you look at the Yankees, who are I think one in seven in their last eight. The Blue Jays are scuffling. The Rays are just falling down right now. Like the the Orioles again, they're seven and three in their last ten. They're just they're playing out of their mind. It's been so much fun to watch, and I think this went from like we said, like man, that would be fun if they're in it at the end of August. You know, now it's like they they're going to be in it by the end of August. They they. They very mel- they very wet we- very well may be hosting that three game wild card set. Like that would be unbelievable. And I think our buddy, my buddy Joe Pa tweeted today. I don't know if you guys saw this. I gotta pull it up to make sure I'm right. He's tweeted this. If the Orioles get the top wild card spot, they would host a best of three wild card series starting tentatively on October 7th. If that series goes three games, which you would probably think it would, if we, you know, being the wild card teams. That would be Sunday, October 9th. What is Sunday, October 9th? That night, Ravens Bengals Sunday night football. Could you imagine a day where you had a like winner go home wild card series, maybe at one o'clock at noon, and then you have Ravens Bengals on Sunday night? I don't know if logistically that could happen, but you talk about that would be very that would be very interesting logistically. You, you talk about Baltimore being back. That would be so much fun. It would be all time back. They would be very, very. I wonder very if they can. Pull, oh man, I need that to be. I would love to see those two teams try to figure that out logistically. That would be very interesting. The Ravens would just throw dirt on the Orioles again and be like, "Well, Kenny Chesney wanted to play or whatever. He did that opening concert." And- so if you have a one o'clock, if you have a one o'clock, this is getting so putting the cart ahead of the horse. But I love this type <laughs> right. of stuff. So if you have a one o'clock Orioles game. I, the parking would just be fast. Parking is what, yeah, yeah, fast. You would think that if both teams combine and we're like, listen, we will sell like at one. We you can get a ticket for both games and a parking pass for six hundred dollars or something like that. Like, just go to both games and like. I think that's parking. way too low. I think that price is way too low. You think so? Two tickets and parking passes to go to a Sunday night 
the biggest, the, probably the biggest home game of the year for the Ravens and the biggest Orioles game in, Ten, uh, six, eight, in years. eight years, Orioles home game in eight years. Plus part. And it's a winner t- and a winner. It's a winner to take all game at Camden yards, which what ha- wouldn't have happened since when ever uh, like 97, maybe, or one of those. I love this. God, I need <clears throat> this now. That would be unbelievable. But Just as it is, we're going to have Ravens Bills at the same time as Orioles Yankees game one fifty nine at the same time. Like, there's already going to be overlap in meaningful games. Yeah, I was going to say they, those, those are big stay games. In it the way they are, they sh- they could be big games. It's it is shaping up to be a very very fun couple of weeks um, for. The, the the sports scene around Baltimore. So it's just, I, I, I can't. And I get, I'll, I'll, I've said this on social media, like the people bitching and moaning about every single move that Hyde or Elias makes, like starting a door, doing this, doing that. It's like, how about we just shut the fuck up and like, enjoy this? Because again, I don't think you can at this point question anything that Brandon Hyde. That's does. what I'm saying. It's like, he's legitimately the, the AL manager of the year. And there are people, this guy, every I, single game are like, Oh, there goes there he goes he's overmanaging the bullpen he's overdoing this it's like it's working it doesn't matter it like yes we want gunner henderson up and that's the thing like people like you just want odor to start no i want gunner henderson up i want jordan westberg up but guess what they're winning they're they're in a wild card spot right now like who are we to question anything that that these guys are doing it's fucking working yeah brandon Hyde is absolutely the ale manager here should, should probably be unanimous the guy got and I'm not putting words in Michael Elias' mouth, but this is just how you see these happen. He got the job of like being the guy that gets slaughtered during the rebuild and then fired before they bring in the real guy they want to help the team win. And yet somehow he has persevered through the rebuild. These guys can still listen to him, and he's built a team that follows his lead and 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 plays for him. I think that's an amazing coaching job. It's like, an incredible finesse. Finesse. It's the only way you can accomplish that is to mm-hmm. go from zero to hundred like that. Like yep. you can't waffle between where it's like okay, it's coming around slowly and eventually, and then they make their move like you just described and bring in the real guy. Like you have to go zero to hundred, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I, it's an incredible coaching job. It really, really is. Like I, I, we've talked about every aspect of this Oriole situation for the last couple months. We really haven't delved into Brandon Hyde that much because so much of this discussion and conjecture became about trades and roster moves. So we've had a lot of Mike Elias talk. But man, has Brandon Hyde done a great job? I mean, I just a just a wonderful job, and I hope that however this ends up going or however long he's in Baltimore, I hope that there is always going to be a fond place for him in like the brains and hearts of Orioles fans, because you just, he, he also could have just punted on this and, and gone and done something else. And been like, this is just, this it sucks. How many, how many, how many managers shoveled shit in Baltimore for 15, 20 years there? I mean, and they're say, just like, we just I look mean, back you can go, on like we can go through the laundry or Sam Perlazzo and we're just like, yeah, we just go. We think of those guys, and we're like, "Well, that was that." Those are all tied to shit memories. That that you know, that guy, you know, he didn't elevate us or this, that, or the other. Like, there's just not fond memories. And like, Brandon Hyde's just taking it in stride. There were even moments where he admitted, like, "Hey, we're losing, and this is tough right now. This is really tough, but we're gonna push through. We're gonna, you know, build a culture here." And that's what they've done. Like, all these vibes that are so good with the team. Yeah, it's easy to have when you're winning and everything. But this team was losing for a while this year. They were close to 10 games under at one point. Run differential was 30 or 40 under, and they've turned it around and 
the whole time, I, I would say when they were in that spot, when they were, you know, nine, 10 games under, whatever they were, the energy was still great. Like the team still fought and they played hard and um, it's paying dividends now. And that's like, I don't know that anyone has taken those vibes and tied it to Brandon Hyde, but he's, that's one of his main jobs. I mean, MLB manager job at this point to a strong extent is no longer about, it's not that much about decision-making. Like there's tons of analytics out there that kind of make your decisions for you. And the GMs and, and, and the people upstairs will kind of lay out a blueprint of what they think they want you to do. And, and, and a lot of managers have had kind of the ammo taken out of the gun. And so it's really just a job of keeping the culture and keeping people happy and managing relationships and, and writing, you know, the names in the lineup card and letting them go play. It's Brandon Hyde's done that to a T. Yeah. He, again, I mean, and again, we've talked about him over his, his time here. Again, he's, he almost, he almost fought Chris Davis in the dugout like that. Again, there are times where you're like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on right now? And then there's times last year where he's chirping at Robbie Ray and he wants to fight Robbie Ray from the dugout. And I think like you're saying, Brian, like the culture and, and getting guys behind him, that's the stuff where you're like, yeah, like I will play for that guy any single day. Because like you're saying, managers are not managers. They're not, you know, Earl Weaver is not, you're not going to see those guys anymore. You're not making those decisions. These There's old- no double switches. Like, <laughs> Nope. Nope. You're, 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 you're getting a message saying, this is the guy, you know, this is the move because the analytics say this. And with two outs, you pitch this guy here and you do this and that blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so it would be very easy. He's, he's just a, you know, people say that he's just like a, a button pusher. And it's like, no, I think, I think he does a good job of leading these guys and getting them ready to go. I, again, they, they're very rarely out of a game early. They're never like, Oh, well, you know, they just didn't look prepared. Like I think they're all, and they're always up for a game. And again, it, it may s- seem easy to be like, yeah, of course they're professionals. They should. It's not easy. Cause again, you see these guys get worn down and every night it looks like they're having more and more fun out there. Again, regardless of it's Odor, I mean, Bautista, Trey, when he was here, um, all of these guys, I mean, the home run chain is as weird as it is. The home run chain rejuvenized this team too, as much as it did with Adley. Like it's just, I, I it's, it's, it's a hell of a job that he's done. And like you said, AL manager of the year should be unanimous. Your boy Booney up there is just choking. It's so hard. Oh uh, gosh. Taylor, it's been a rough, it's been a rough day, you know, a couple of weeks. Been a tough Booney. couple of weeks for Booney, but yeah. he said it to the team. They're unfazed and they know where they're going. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're going golfing in October. Oh God. No, you hate to hear it. You hate to hear it. Um, Booney. Real, real quick. God, we, can, we, uh, can you imagine if there's a, a scenario where we get Yankees Orioles in the LDS? Oh baby. That would be. That would be something. Um, Booney and Judgy. If you, guys, if you saw the video uh, that our buddy Ryan Blake, who does Orioles fan problems, Twitter, he was sitting behind the Orioles dugout last night when and when Odor hit the home run, he got he has Odor coming right down the line celebrating. And then he pans over and it's Mike Elias and Sigma Dell in the middle of the crowd. And they they are like Elias just has the biggest smile. on it's, it, it's an awesome video. It's like an actually just a sick video of Elias and Sig kind of like looking around with people going nuts at 1130 on a Tuesday night with an hour and a half rain delay and people are going nuts. And he's just going like, yeah, like it, this is it. Like th- it was, it's awesome the adult game. version of ESPN at the little league, the little league world series. It's like the adult version of the, the dad yeah. going crazy. A hundred percent. 
And just Absolutely. gleaming with pride. Absolutely. It's and he has his, Elias has his shirt unbuttoned down to like his, his three buttons down. It's awesome. Like the guy's just the coolest guy in the world. And again, I, it's Ooh. like we have we you cannot question anything he's done because he's given Brandon Hyde shit rosters before. This one, this roster was not great. It's still not that great. And they're finding ways to win and they're winning. 58 wins. I mean, I think the over under people were tweeting me today. They got it at 60 before the season. It's like, Hey, congrats. You know, go collect your money money right now. It's nuts. Again, there there was that article that said, uh, like Vegas is afraid of the Orioles because they were like bankrupting, you know, a lot of their not bankrupting, but they were, they were straight up taking money from them. Yeah. I, I think that the, the, to close the book on the Brandon Hyde part of this, like I included in this and I don't, necessarily think this is wrong in retrospect gave a lot of credit to the rejuvenation of the team to the culture being changed by players which you know good teams you know have players that are leaders you know we you know i said you know you keep trey around for the next three months because you know he's the guy he's your leader and you've got to keep around that i still believe in that but now you have to look at brandon hyde as a guy that maybe was setting that being the one that was setting that standard the entire time. Not that he was in any way. I just think maybe the scales have switched for me a little bit in terms of a balance between, you know, coaching staff and front office and where the players were. And that is much more maybe in unison. Um, then maybe I, then maybe I thought, and maybe I should have thought that the way they've now turned it around, but that's, you know, they have not, they just haven't missed a beat. Like they could have so easily started to punt these games when you trade your all-star closer and, you know, theoretically from the fan base's perspective, we're not in the locker room clubhouse, the heart and soul of the team for all intents and purposes. And I think based on the quotes from the other guys, that is not wrong. Like, and you saw it from the quotes of Jorge Lopez, who was like, I didn't want, you know, in a manner of speaking, I didn't want to leave. Like, this has like become like a family to me. This is more Mm -hmm. than a team. And you're like, okay, like, is this going to like break up that family? Oh no. It just made them even stronger. And they just continue to win. And Felix Bautista just steps right on up and takes on the closer role. And is now making his own name in, in Baltimore as, you know, the big guy who just throws absolute heat. And then I have to give these offensive numbers and this is just in August. So this is, you know, the Orioles will play eight games in August. So it's not a huge sample size, but you're seeing the, you know, we talked about this early the season. It was the pitching that was getting, you know, the bullpen was so good, blah, blah, blah. Like, some of the offensive numbers now are really coming around. Like Adley Rushman in eight games this month is slashing 346, <laughs> 541, 500. He's walked 11 times. He has two strikeouts. Taryn Vavra is batting 400 since being called up. Ryan McKenna is batting 333. Anthony Santan there, 313. Cedric Mullins, 313. Jorge Mateo, 296. Ryan Mountcastle, 290. Like those are now real offensive numbers. That's a real offensive team that's slashing as a team in August 284, 361, 389. So you have these guys. This is without, as you said, a lot of the position player prospects. You now have Vavra and and Rushman as sort of this new crop. Obviously, Mountcastle and Austin Hayes, and these guys were all prospects at one point for the Orioles. But that is like they've got a legitimate offense now that can beat you, you know, a lot of the ways down the lineup, you know, it will be interesting to see if the, we, we, you know, the thought is you keep waiting for the bottom to fall out. And this just continues to now be consistent. There's two consistent for the to be a fluke. The blue Jays writer from the Toronto sun or whatever oh, that, that fucking said that the, that they're not, I, I just don't know how you could watch them play against the blue Jays 
who are a great team and went to the deadline and bought and are trying to win every single year and, you know, haven't actually put it all together, have a ton of young talent, ton of exciting young talent, including a guy that's been, you know, up there among the most exciting prospects in baseball and Vlad Guerrero Jr. And second in MVP last year. And they're rolling into Baltimore and the Orioles, you know, get punched in the mouth last night, sit in the clubhouse for a couple of hours, and then just come back and roar back and beat them. I mean, it's just, it's just super fun to watch. The bullpen continues to be amazing. Um, what a job done by just everybody involved. You know, it, it's, we've talked about this for a while. It's fun to be positive about the Orioles. And I just was driving today and I was like, what a team, like what a story this is. And you summed it up well, as I started the conversation with in your tweet saying it, there's just really no better turnaround story in baseball. And I feel good for everybody involved in the organization that they're getting to experience it. Ravens preseason. Thursday, when you guys listen to this podcast, it's going to be a Ravens game day for the first time since last year, preseason game against some team that plays from Nashville. Um, you guys want a little insider scoop? Sure. Titans are supposed to land at BWI at 730. They got here at 1015. So wow. Hope that if, moves. If we'll see if that moves the grogginess line. or, you know, if things are off. Be like, hey, they they got in three hours later because of the storms, obviously. But that's a shame. Yeah, it is. You know, it's 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 not great, but you know, odds are stacked against them. But I don't know what we're gonna glean a ton from this first preseason game from a starters perspective for the Ravens, because as John Harbaugh announced, there's not a lot of like key key guys playing in this game. But one of the fun things about preseason games is seeing the back end of the roster battles who emerges as favorites. Um, I think one of the fun things we watch will be this like huge group of like undrafted wide receivers and guys that are under the Batemans and Duvernays of the world and see who kind of emerges in that group. Um, and then watch a lot of the, you know, a lot of some of these like young corners and, and guys like, you know, the young players are the fun guys to watch. I think in this first preseason game, if a lot of guys are sitting out. Um, but I think a, a, a relative, except for the Tyler Linderbaum injury, a relatively, unless I'm missing something, guys, and sometimes I, my brain is, uh, you know, forgets things. A relatively quiet re- week in Ravens training camp, and I think that's a good thing. I Justin think Tucker quiet- extension. Justin Tucker extension. Yes, we have to congratulate Justin Tucker on that. extension. Absolutely. But a quiet week from a, you know, negative slanting news perspective, which is always good, I think, in an NFL training camp. Yeah, there's just John Harbaugh. Um, talking about some of the injury timelines. And I think some people just kind of assumed that guys were going to be back week one or fully up and at them and playing. The, the David you know, Ajabo thing today was bizarre. A little bit bizarre. That was a weird quote. Yeah. I, mean, I think there was just some like misinterpreting of the quote and then it got like reinterpreted. There was just weird Twitter stuff on that. But like, I don't know why anyone thought that like it was like that he was just going to be back midseason playing would have been such an aggressive timeline just in general. Yeah, so his I think everyone's just, that's what it just should be. Like, wait on David. Just, just act like he's not playing this year. And if he plays, he's a first round pick in 2023. Yeah, correct. It's a top five pick in my eyes. So look at it that way. You had a top five grade get, on him. Yeah, that's the grade I've got on him. Um, clear cut top five. Velociraptor uh, with a fighter jet strapped to him. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. He's, 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 he's probably my one edge on uh, on my big board for 2023. 
So uh, he's going to be flying up those mock drafts. I kind of count, kind of already can't wait for the draft to get Spencer back on here for that. That was unbelievable. We might have to have him on multiple times to talk about the draft. And we don't even like talking about the draft really as much on this, but God, that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's one of the high points of this show. <laughs> Benny putting on a clinic. Taylor just loves draft experts so much. I love it. I just think it's amazing. I mean, I do too. About that much info. It's just like, it's just something I can't do. I just, I'm impressed. I, there's a lot of things I can't do. So there's a lot of things I'm impressed by, but I just have always, I'm a Calvin Hall guy. I'm a Calvin Hall guy. So I, my, my intrinsic respect for draft analysts, you know, starts, you know, starts with Mel Kuyper and then just extends to everybody else. Yeah. Well, I think um, there was some Gus Edwards news of sorts that came out today too, just in terms of where he's at. He's a little bit behind Dobbins. I don't know whether that was expected or not, but John Harbaugh said he should be raring to go by the end of the season. You know, he should be at full speed, you know, whatever. Some people were like, oh, what, end of the season? Like, what is that crazy? But what does it matter? Like, we're playing, come on, like, we have running backs. Once they're healthy, J.K. Dobbins, hopefully he's going to play week one. But even with that, we signed Mike Davis for a reason. There's a lot of that, a lot of that camp buzz about Justice Hill and what he's doing, and Tyler Bate, he brings some stuff to the table too, like, we're going to be okay if Gus Edwards is not out there week one. We're going to be okay if he's not out there week five. Um, we want him down the stretch when the weather's cold and running downhill on teams and making them tired. He's going to be fresh. He's going to be 100%. Everybody else is going to be 75 80%. He's going to be chugging downhill on people. So don't get worked up about Gus Edwards. I'll say that much. Yeah, I mean, I guess on the other side of you, J.K. Dobbins did come back to practice, which is great to see um, him back out there. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I think the Ravens are going to end up when they need to be in a good place from a running back perspective. They will be in a good place. Like it might not be week one, but you know, in the dog days of the season, I think those guys are going to be back to a hundred percent, and the running game is not going to be an issue. So, I, I would agree in terms of any worrying about that. I think people need to kind of pump the brakes on that. Um, on that worry, I think I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, Eric, do you have an idea of who, how many guys are playing on their end? I, I don't think any. I know they said, like, Henry's obviously not going to play. Um, I know I was reading some stuff tonight just about, like, obviously Malik Willis is going to take, like, a majority of the snaps, um, which probably is, is how it's going to go. Um, I, I, other than that, I had no, I have no idea. Like, I didn't even realize until today. I was like, Oh, that's right. There's a game tomorrow. I've because again, I've been just it's, very. I feel like I've been talking that. about how it's going to sneak up on us and how mm-hmm. many days it's been away for like nine it, days straight. It's and it literally night. snuck up on us. We got football yeah. in Baltimore tomorrow. Yeah, because I I like looked up and I was like I said something at work and I was like oh yeah tomorrow August 11th and I was like wait that's the game like that's the the Titans Ravens game and I was like holy that's, shit that's a football like, game it'll be 60 minutes or it'll be one football four quarters 15 minutes each it's gonna be great it's gonna yeah. be great yeah. But no, I again, I, I I have no real idea. I don't even. I mean, I'm sure I'll watch some of it. Bird's got a big game in uh, in Boston, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll tune in. I'm sure for a little bit. I'd like to see some Malik Willis. The first preseason game is it sneaks up on me every single year. It just mm-hmm. there's never a time where I'm prepared for that first preseason game. And after that, they kind of you know you you kind of start to raise your level of interest. And I know there are going to be people tomorrow that are fully, and I will, I will watch the game tomorrow, but like have been fully locked in on this coming for weeks. I just, I guess, get interested in other things during the summer and training camp comes and you're thinking about, you know, I'm always thinking about college sports. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think about the Ravens, like first preseason game. I'm like, Oh, 
shoot, the parking is going to be worse tomorrow because I have to drive home through. But again, I, I think, and I think part of that is again, because the Orioles are good because normally by the beginning of June, you guys, you know, not you guys, but people in Baltimore are like, see that depth chart. Like, what are we doing? What are we no, doing? With, with you can say you guys, I, we- I have been one of those people for at least four years. Yeah. So I just have, I would check out and not watch the Orioles from pretty much the all-star break on. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's, it's, they, they didn't deserve it. But I, again, I think like, like we just, we piled on, it's, it's a good problem to have where like people aren't, aren't really caring about Ravens preseason football. Not saying that you, you know shouldn't care, but. You know, what's great is right now I have a White Sox Royals game that I'm actually invested in right now. Not because of gamble. It's just, I'm rooting against the White Sox because there are a couple of games behind us. Yeah. It's like that that's, level. That's what, that's what makes baseball races. So, Oh, I mean, I've been I've been scoreboard watching for a week now. Like I'm, I was, I'm rooting for the Yankees today. I'm tweeting out 27 rings. Like I tweeted out Fire Boon today because I was all. Fucking, mm, after the, after let's the take it easy. Night. Let's let's take it easy on the Fire Boon. One and seven, your last eight. So they'll be fine. I don't know why Cashman traded Jordan Montgomery. It's almost like he's a conspiracy against Booney. But that's just that's for another podcast. Mm. Our Yankees talk. I, I need to get myself on a Yankees podcast and just trigger Yankees fans with my Aaron Boone support. <laughs> I think that would be enjoyable. Who, uh, Banks, is there one or two guys that you're excited to watch tomorrow? I have one after you're done. Um, specifically pops to mind. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch um, the front seven on the defensive side. I think I, I, I mean, it's one of those things where how much you're going to get uh, in terms of like, seeing who's got what, but just for training camp as a whole. And, and for, as the season goes on, like Adafi Ole, like I really think he's going to have a great year and I'm excited to see how he's progressed and how he's, you know, taking the leap in year two um, offensive side, Tyler Beatty a little bit. Um, and I'm looking for maybe Tylen Wallace and James Prochet to show me a little something. Cause this is a big opportunity for them to get some more snaps, get some more attention and uh, kind of duke it out for uh, for some back-end roster spots. Or Proche, I mean, seems to have carved, carved out that wide receiver two position, which is um, which is a pretty big jump given he's only got a handful of catches in the NFL so far. So I'm excited to see Travis Jones. I th- I'm, I'm interested to see how many snaps he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, he continues to sound like one of the – standouts of camp and feels like he could be an absolute steal with a third round pick. Um, and we said that on draft night. And I think that's been said since he got picked, um, you know, he could become a very important piece of a Ravens, as you said, for defensive front seven that I think, I think the most questions on the team are about the defensive front seven to a certain extent. Um, it's always going to have to now carry a lot of the load. The linebacker depth has been kind of wishy-washy and I don't know if it's getting talked about a ton, but you know, if guys go more linebackers go down, the Ravens are going to be in a weird spot. Um, Vince Beagle was a guy that was playing well in training camp and went down. Uh, so just kind of everyone that occupies that defensive front seven, I think that's the right answer. And Travis Jones specifically as a guy that, you know, can maybe be one of those, you know, the Ravens have always sort of on their good teams had those kind of like space moving interior linemen. And I think Travis Jones has got a chance to be that um, and help free up linebackers and, and guys to do um, some work. I've also enjoyed the Tony Jefferson Renaissance during training camp. That's been very, very <laughs> enjoyable guys. Just like, you know, 
intercepting all the passes. So good for him. Yeah, him and well, Kyle Hamilton obviously is is the big the big watch for everybody. I, I think he's like third or fourth for defensive rookie of the year odds right now. So, I mean, I don't know if he'll get enough run to really you know make the plays necessary to make that happen. But I'll be up in the moon if he does. By that much. Yeah, it'd be very very cool. So, Ravens tomorrow against the Titans. So who's starting for the Titans at quarterback? I have no idea. It's legit. Like, I can look it up now. <laughs> Again, I've realized earlier today the game was – like, I'll look up the Titans beat writers and all that. It uh, could be Logan Woodside. It could be It could be Woodside. I know he's, I guess, technically there's he's, two. He's second on the depth chart. So, yeah. But Malik Willis, like you said, makes sense for him to get a ton of snaps. Just, yeah, I just – yeah, you can't imagine they're going to start. Oh, I, I do have this. Uh, they're going to be wearing white jerseys and blue britches. Oh, great. How about that? Um, um, I'm yeah. excited on Titans uh, from the Titans. I want to see Chigokonkwa. I think Chigokonkwa is going to play last he's, snaps. I, he, Tannehill has been talking him up all camp. So from like a yeah. Terps point of view, they he said like, this guy's just built like a machine. Like, I can't believe that he was around when we drafted him. Like, they, it's some high praise for him. So I'm excited. There's actually some too. multiples. If you're in the stadium or watching the game as a Ravens fan, there's multiple local intrigue here. So you have Chigokonkwa and Sam Okuwanu, who both played for Maryland, who are both going to get snaps in this game. And then Calvert Hall's Chance Campbell, who used mm-hmm. to play, who played at Maryland and transferred Ole Miss, he is also playing for the Titans. So all of those guys are going to play tomorrow. You would think, His, unless I'm missing an injury, I, I certainly could be. I'm not tracking Titans camp. Campbell's Campbell's mom is rookies. Campbell's mom is my buddy's boss too. It's like he texted me like during the draft and was like, "Oh my my buddy's mom, like my my boss's son, uh, like may get drafted." And then he texted me like two minutes later. It was like, "Oh, but just got picked by the Titans." So yeah, that's a, that's a cool story. Some some local ties. So. Yeah, so that'll be cool. I, I'm excited to watch. I will watch more deep into the game. I think, um, hopefully, to see some well, uh, hopefully to see some chig content um, come through, and and Samo and and Chance as well. So that that should be a pretty cool part of it. Um, we see some punts too. Yeah, Jordan Stout. That's true. That will be fun. Mm-hmm. Wonder if Harbaugh will just tell the offense to just get a three and out so we can have a nice deep punt. You know, just show off the punter. Kind of just show off the wet, the new uh, car in the garage. We'll I don't know, but that's not conducive to extending wind streaks. So you want to give the short blurb on the wind streak in case someone's living under a rock and they don't know. Well, the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since the Obama administration. Um, <laughs> the Dead Sea was wasn't even sick back then. Um, so. Yeah, 20 straight for John Harbaugh. He just doesn't – he just hates losing. He refuses Tomo- to lose. Tomorrow would be 21. It's 20 right Tomorrow now. Tomorrow would be 21. Okay. Yeah, it's 20 right now. 2015 against uh, the Falcons, a one-point loss led by mm. Bryn Renner. He's probably Freaking the only Brent guy – Renner. He's probably Brent the only guy a, mad, mad that, they, that they've taken away the preseason game. Like Bryn no, Brent no. Renner married okay. to – Yes. That's correct. Amanda Balianos? Okay. Jake Luke shooting a shot this week. Did you see that? From the Baltimore beatdown account, he retweeted like Renner had like a, a quarterback sneak. With, uh, I did see like, that. From like the three or something like that to win as time expired. And he just like tweeted it's at a legendary play at like Amanda Balionis. Yeah. And what, what did he say to her? He was like, you like this? Or he said something like that. And she uh, like, something she like was, that. Yeah. It was funny. 
Mandy Balion is one of the great one of the great reporters on TV. Love him. Fun fact: I uh, great, uh, ran great into, on the golf. I ran into Bryn Renner in early 2013 at a UNC bar, and he showed me his touchdown dance, which was simply the lawnmower. That was the night before. Uh, Surprise the lawnmower, and maybe I've missed it, but that that feels like it'll get some play on TikTok at some point. It wasn't the start the lawnmower. It was the, you know, just the push, you know, push them all around Hmm. a little bit, which is almost similar to the shopping cart. Yeah. Yeah. This will be great for the people that watch on YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So print runner, that's what, that's what he had at, you know, 1.30 a.m. in a Chapel Hill bar. Wow. <laughs> That's a hell of a story. Yeah. Bryn Renner. Bryn Renner has gotten talked. We've talked about Bryn Renner. I think we really talked about this times. on the show. Multiple times. Wow. Good for him. Glad he's getting pumped. Um, so yeah, Ravens tomorrow. Um, I'm excited to watch. It'll be nice to have football back. Nice to have football back. And we'll, should we do an instant analysis? Emotional after a Titans Ravens preseason game. <laughs> that, if you snap the streak, Eric, that is going to be a nice little feather in the Titans cap. Will they stomp the logo? Probably, yeah, probably. Because you know what, the logo <laughs> probably won't even be painted, and they'll still be out there. You think the logo will be painted? Well, I I don't want to give I don't want to give up I don't want to give out answers for our. You'll figure uh, out. Uh, yeah, fine, we, we, fine, we, fine, fine. We'll move on to that. It's starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Twenty um, percent off any Fed Thrill sunglasses. Use the promo code Exit Fifty Two. Um, I don't think we really need to tell you why to get fed thrillers anymore. The sunglasses are great. It continues to be unbelievably hot outside. I mean, what is going on? The weather. Can I just say this? The weather in Baltimore this week, last week or two or so has been horrible. Awful. It's a hundred degrees. And then at five o'clock every single day, there's a severe thunderstorm (laughs) literally every single day today. It went on for like three hours. Mm-hmm. So last night, my car got banged up in one of them in College Park in the great College Park storm a couple of weeks ago. What a horrible time for the weather. Global I had a guy time. come to my house to look at my my AC compressor on my roof when it started raining. <laughs> so work around that. Wow. We yeah. had our AC out here at our house um, a couple of weeks ago for like multiple days. I had to go sleep at my parents' house. It was overbearingly hot here. Ours is on the struggle bus. It's currently 75 in here, and I feel like it's 95. Like you I'm, gotta, I'm, you've got to get that address. It is it's, it's only on it's it only on off. the top floor though. Like on the on the this floor and the basement, it's fine. But the bedroom floor is it's. Yeah, I got two fans a, going on me. We got Joe's fan going full blast. It's it's not great. It's, it's not a Sears great. commercial. It is. It's. It's. I'll call now. Yeah. Call today. I'll yeah. call now. I'll call now. I'll call now. I love that. <laughs> it's so that, good. That or it's such every, a classic. Every day this week, I've woken up to a text from my buddy, and it's just been the TikTok of the uh, "It's Always Sunny" episode when it's Wally it's being like, "Oh, that. it's a hot one, huh?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah." And that's yeah. It. yeah that's, <laughs> that's my favorite. That may be my favorite episode of Sunny. It's so good. It's such a good episode. It's the best. You'll call now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with that said i had to get the, i had to get a little weather take off there it's just weather, weather not, Taylor. i like it n- not fun not not fun um football returning tomorrow in baltimore 
returning in general. I mean, football is coming fast and furious. College football, pro football, everything football. I mean, college football, Terps are on September 3rd. Like, we're rolling towards the beginning of it. And that's week one. We've got week zero games the week before that. So the starting five draft presented by Fed Throws, ways you realize that football is coming slash back. That's how I'm going to phrase it, gentlemen. This is a little open-ended. Uh, but I think people get that vibe. There's just, you know, I think the, in general conversation, like, oh, yeah, football's coming. Football's coming. You kind of see that on Twitter. So that's what we're going to do. I have the first pick. Uh, Banks, you have the second pick. RDT, you have the third pick. So with the first pick, I'm going to – this is – once again, I have ranted to you guys for like two months about how I continue to get the first pick in drafts where the first pick is just so all out there. And I screwed up the stadium's names a couple weeks ago. I think I'm going to go safe and buy the book here. I don't think there's any way this gets back to me. So I think this is the right pick. And then I'll let you guys kind of set the draft. I'm going to take fantasy drafts with the number one overall pick fantasy drafts. I think starting to discuss your fantasy leagues, fantasy drafts. That feels like the, that feels like a way you realize football's back. I I had fantasy football texts going out. I don't know if that's similar or the same. I'm fine with lumping that in as the same. Yeah. Fantasy football conjecture. Sort of what I'm going for here. So I'm totally, going to take that with the. Totally I'm gonna fair. Take that, yeah, I'm going to take that with the first pick. I, I'm interested to see now where you guys go, but I think I don't think that gets back to me. So I'm taking that first overall. That's a pick that I know is going to be drafted. I am not putting it on my board. I just don't want it. I don't care for it. Fantasy football, a little overblown. I don't care too much for fantasy. Yeah, football. I love fantasy football and I do enjoy the return of fantasy football. So I differ with you there. So I just I, leave I, it off the board and I work on what I got on my board and. We go our separate ways. I like the the league, the league reactivation email probably could have just been the pick. (laughs) I was going to say, I was sitting on my desk today and I got like, your league has been blah, blah, blah. Like, here's all your, here's all, you know, your date is this. And you're, we're actually, we're, we're assigning ourselves each a golfer in, uh, I think the next tournament and we are, (laughs) uh, that's how we're figuring out who, uh, how, where we pick. So. What if we could like maybe this is too late this year we won't do this I know Banks is the biggest fantasy guy we should have done like a Baltimore sports podcast or something like fantasy, fantasy football, football league and like had people follow it over the all the do a draft shows Jimmy. yeah that could have been cool yeah nah, we'll we'll not too late for that we'll not throw that in the tick we'll we'll discuss that we'll throw that in the tickler file yeah uh, Banks you have a board what do you I got do have it? a board what do you take it uh so. Tell me again what this draft is exactly. Ways you realize that football is back slash approaching is what I'm going with or coming. I said coming. I'm taking something that's been around for 14, 15 years in this league. I'm taking slow motion Joe Flacco spirals. I live for them. They come out every training camp. It's like the training camp highlight every single day on whatever team he's on. We had the joy of watching it for many, many years. It's be fired up every time. Just an absolutely sexual ball he throws. Beautiful spiral. I love Joe Flacco. I love the way he throws football. I love the way he looks in slow motion when it's just the football and there's absolutely no wobble whatsoever going on with that football. And it's just on a nice line right to its target. It's a thing of beauty. Absolutely beautiful. That's why I know football's back. It's, it is funny because you got the Jets, and I I saw you were retweeting it. The Jets, like B reporters, being like, you know what, Flacco, he could be, and then you got Salah, it could be a starter. I think he could, you know, he could be a starter. The buzz is I, so. I, I I will say this, he looks awful in number nineteen. 
I think that is a terrible, and people are going to shit on me for Johnny U. That's a terrible quarterback number. 19 is not a Flacco number. It's not even a quarterback number. I think it looks objectively bad on him. I, it I wonder, doesn't look good on him, I'll say. I, it, it looks weird. You got to think that Joey Ballgame is a legitimate trade candidate at some point because they have Mike White, who could just be the backup. They really could trade Flacco if a quarterback could turn around the league. If a quarterback could turn around the league, Joe Flacco will get traded at Seattle. Be my Seattle, man. Like, I just think it, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why, why do the Jets need Mike White and Joe Flacco? Mm-hmm. It's all about Zach Wilson. Yeah. I mean, um, it's also Zach funny. Wilson's going to get hurt with that Becton. Yeah, Becton. Yeah, the Jets. I mean, the Jets are just going to be the Jets, but. It's interesting. I love that the Jets just straight played in or just putting highlights of their backup. When they have a like guy they're trying to push as their star quarterback, they had the sense to know like Joe Flacco is so much in the lexicon that they just posted a Flacco clip. <laughs> it would do well on social media. Love that from the Jets. Love that. Good job by them. Uh, RDT, you have two. Um, I will go ways you can tell football is back. Beat reporters or anyone at training camp. Um, everyone tweeting out the same exact quotes from a head coach during a press conference, <laughs> like fucking clockwork being like Lamar Jackson missed camp because this today. And it's just 15 tweets of the same people. And it's like, Oh, they, they all, and they all put their own little spin on it. I think it's just like, all right, we know you're all hearing the same thing. And that's, it's just every year just gets flooded with it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's consistent. That yeah, is. And that's, that's with every sport. It's spring training. It's Orioles do it. You know, it's, it's every, everybody does it. everyone in sports, but it's how, you know, the football is back. Um, my second one is I'll kind of, I'll kind of go the same way. Grainy footage from reporters 50 feet behind the sideline of like a play <laughs> just being like, look at this. And you can't really see it because they're on ground level, like trying to video over. And it's just like, what, what are we looking at? And it's just the same thing from like 18 different angles. That's my look at Trayvon Diggs. Look at Trayvon Diggs. That's why, that's why he was a first round pick or on the other side, undrafted free agent, blobbity blue, just blew up this first round pick. And then everyone just gets like worried. And it's like the Kyle Hamilton thing, but it takes Mm -hmm. place in training camp. Like uh, we had one where like, uh, Jared Bernhardt, the former Maryland lacrosse player last week, like made a really nice catch down the sidelines. Like what a story Jared Bernhardt is. Mm-hmm. If he can yep. make the team, like he's probably going to be on the practice squad. Yeah. That's that stuff's fun. Yeah. I, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thanks. I am going to take fights, just fight straight up. Mm. And with that, People arguing on Twitter about how dumb it is to fight in football helmets. I can't believe it's, you will punch comes, someone in the helmet. Right there with it's so stupid to <laughs> hit somebody in the face with a helmet. Like whatever, dude. Like you kind of kind of rattle their cage a little bit. But no, I just love a good scrap. I love just guys putting hats on guys and and just getting real fired up and just you know energy boiling over. And then coaches that eat it up with a spoon. And then coaches who go the other way with it. And, I just everything about a, a nice little football fight. Same there, team, same team. There's always that quote from a coach being like, listen, these guys have been out here battling for X amount of days. They're tired of each other. All they want to do is hit somebody else. It's all they want to do. And it's like, yeah, no, we, we, we know. It's the same thing every year. Yeah. It's the don't punch. I can't believe someone would punch in the helmet. That's a big dad thing, too. Anytime they, there's like a fight in a game and they say it, they're like, what are you? What are you doing? Why would you punch that guy? He's wearing a helmet. It's like, yep, yep. we know. Yep. We get exactly. it. Exactly. 
That's a good pick, though. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a good, good one as well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a, a little in line with RDT sort of, but not. Um, I'm going to take training camp darlings. Like the guy that everyone falls in love with in training camp. Literally um, DeVar Darling. DeVar mm-hmm. Darling. Yeah. I'm taking training camp darlings. Um, I, that happens on every single team. Every team has one, a fan base, like jumps on someone. It normally, you know, increases during the preseason when guys actually start playing. But, you know, you see like, you know, it's currently happening with like all of the Ravens undrafted receivers where like people are falling in love with certain ones. Um, I feel like it's always receivers too. Like it's always it's a skill just, position. Yeah, because people it's, are excited. Because I think them. people assume that like skill position players can get like really lost in the draft. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we found like this guy that run, ran like a 10 300 in high school and he's just been hurt at Kentucky. But like, mm-hmm. you know, he had a couple explosive plays. I just think like the measurables there is just easiest for people to understand. So it's always receivers. I- and everyone just wants to have the unhailed receiver. Everyone just wants to have the, the dime. They're looking. They're looking for the the Julian Edelman. Oh, you know he played quarterback, and now we they, we got him returning punts. It's always that. But um, it's like I, you're texting with your friends, like, "Oh man, did you see the highlights of this guy?" Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Yeah, they probably won't make the team." I, I had the same kind of thing. I had people getting hyped for anyone drafted after the third round. Yeah, like it's always yeah, just like anyone yeah. after the yeah. third is just like, "This is my guy. That's my dude." Like I'm gonna find. I'm gonna actually. That. We were talking about hard knocks. I actually think hard knocks is one of the things that has like made this a thing because they do, they do such a good job. Each hard knocks of like profiling on an unheralded guy who has a Danny chance Woodhead. to make the team. Danny yeah. Woodhead was that guy like with the Jets. Yeah. And it was like, Holy shit, this guy is kind of, you know, he's Dion Long, Dion Long was like that in a bad way when he got cut on oh, hard knocks, yeah. former Maryland Miami, but, Miami, right? Was he Miami? Oh uh, gosh. I can't uh, No, The Rams. Well, I don't remember. He was the Rams. It was the Rams one. Yeah. 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 Yep, you're right. He was with Tennessee at one point, I think, too, right? Yeah, I think so. He was. Yeah. Yeah, he never saw any action, I don't think. But that's a good pick, too. Um, oh, man, let's see. What do I want? I don't really necessarily like that. I mean, honestly, and because I just complained about it, the weather changing. That first day of that. that first day of football weather is the side. And it a lot of times it happens like into the season a little bit, but I still think like when you get that first little like brisk morning in late August, early September, that to me is a sign that football is back. So I'm gonna take the weather change. I like that. I thought about that too, where it's it's always funny where the first preseason game it's 105 degrees, and then two months oh later, every, everyone is just you're, like- you're all bundled up. This is we're deviating from the NFL here, but like week one for Maryland football at mm-hmm. Maryland Stadium. I was about to say the same thing. They're playing, they're playing Morgan State and Bowling Green. It's a it's a three thirty game, and the sun in late August, early September beats down on the student section in such a way where there I cannot believe there have not been fatalities there. Yeah, it is awful. <laughs> I can that is. There has been so much sunburn experience there from just unsuspecting students. That and just, there is especially no, freshmen who just yeah, don't a lot know. of freshmen. Yeah, it, there's the, the stands are angled in a way where it's just oh, it's brutal. You get no relief in there from the sun at all. Like it just it that is exactly our minds went to the exact same place. It is so hot in there for week. We play Buffalo week one. I'm sure it'll be 90. It'll be so hot, so hot. 
but yeah, that oh, that first the first brisk one where I like wake up, and I'm actually thinking college football too because I like wake up and like go to like we play a noon game, and I like get up and I have to you know go at nine thirty or whatever or nine, and I walk out and it's like the first week was like seventy five when I walked out, and this time it's like sixty. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Banks, I think I'm just gonna take hard knocks. So Ardox yeah. has gone through this evolution where it's, um, I mean, it, was, it started with the Ravens and it was a big hit and it was a big hit for a long time. It was a point in television and it's kind of fallen off a little bit last handful of years. And I feel like it's like the internet pendulum that constantly goes back and forth where it's like, it's almost like the Nickelback thing where, you know, people just shit on Hard Knocks and now it's kind of swinging back where it's like, oh yeah, remember Hard Knocks? Hard Knocks is pretty sweet. And I think it got off to a great start last night. Dan Campbell just was cut out to be filmed by HBO and uh, yeah, Jamal Williams too. Like that, I th- that guy's I, a lunatic. I think he's, he's must be a little forced, maybe a little forced, but he might be also be related to no Shamari. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. I, I, for, for the record, I like, I like the first episode too. I watched it before. Um, I'm always a big hard knocks guy. I will watch anything mic'd up. I said like you could mic up a JV boys baseball team and I'd watch like a season on that. I just I, I think anything mic'd up is just so good. So I'm I'm I've always been. And again, there we talked about it. There are down years. Um people try and force stuff and you can tell when it doesn't work. But like the Ravens one was great. It was like the Jets one with Rex Ryan, the let's go, you know, let's go eat a goddamn snack. Antonio Cromartie, like, forget yeah, his kids' yeah, names. Yeah, not, not knowing kids' names. There's some there are some classic ones like that. So, but every now and then you get a dud and it's kind of like, uh, all right, we'll just get me to the season. Like, I don't think I will finish the last Cowboys one. I think that was it. But yeah, it was it's a good pick, though. I, I'm always a I am a big hard knocks guy. Um, my next one, I will go ways you could tell football season is back. People bring in girlfriends, wives, or kids to these preseason games because they know that they're not going to waste a ticket on them during the regular season. Like, my dad used to always bring my brother to wow. the game, being like, we're going to sit there for two minutes. We're going to go to the, 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 we're going to go to the souvenir shop and then we're probably going to leave. Like, that's, it's a huge, like, you can always tell, like, girlfriends get the invite to the, the preseason game versus the Redskins. And it's like, it's like their Super Bowl. I had, I like knew all, I knew so many people who's like, it's so on point. The because... girls' Super Bowl was the Ravens Redskins preseason because they could just go and talk so much shit during the game. And it's like, this game doesn't mean anything. I would usually go to a game with my dad, a regular season game at some point, and it would move all over the map. And some years we didn't go, some years we did, but you can guarantee every single year I was going to Redskins Ravens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then it was like sold out. There were, there were, there were, there were 90 K at FedEx and yep. 70 some at, at uh, M and but that'll lead me to my next one. And I will go. Um, I, I kind of want to combine this one. Um, seeing random jerseys slash seeing the blue Ravens jerseys. Like you can always count on like like the fake counterfeit blue pittas out there in Fed Hill, <laughs> or like a it's a, they're always Willis McGahee's. There's a ton, you know, or you'll see, and this is just for all football. You'll see Chris Cooley's. You'll see you'll see a, just a billion different types. Champ Bailey's jerseys come out of the woodworks. Like everyone throws on a random jersey or the fake one from China that they get. You can't you can't tell from far away it's, if it's a Eli Manning. 
My really? buddy Jeremy over in Delta Kai, he's putting in this order over in China. Yep, yep, he can yep. get, you, get you any player, 25 bucks. Absolutely. <laughs> if we get 50 jerseys, it's 20 each. You know who was a big uh, selling jerseys guy? My buddy Greg Merson just was <laughs> slinging jerseys, probably from DH Gate or China, some back in high school. But yeah, again, it's just the jerseys that you see for 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 preseason football. It's again, like you, you'll see a billion Willis McGahees, um, but you'll see some, definitely some pass down bowl wares. And they're, cause they're always like random, just random guys. Like you see your Flacco's and your Lamar's, but it's just the most random people that you can find like a Chris McAllister. And you're like, Oh, it's, it's actually a decent Jersey. And then you look at it and it's blue and it looks like a giant's Jersey. So. Thanks. Hmm. I'm going to take um, beat reporter box scores during practices. They're going, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got him at 12 or 20. Yeah. yeah, I got him at 12 or 20. What was your numbers? <laughs> and they just go back and forth. He hit a long one, but, man, great play made by that safety on that one. They're, they're also big. Ball hasn't hit the ground yet. Like that's a big yeah, like ball's, ball's not ground. been put on the ground. That's what you yeah. like to see. <laughs> that's good. No I mistakes like made by the offense today. Like Let me tell you the what, the that was a defensive one dominated practice. Forced a lot of three and outs. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. All right, I got two here. Um I'm gonna take just the reoccurrence of football related TV music as we head towards the season. So like everyone starts humming the themes, get the Sunday night theme, the mm-hmm, CBS theme, mm-hmm. the CBS theme came up when I was on the golf course on Sunday. Um, and everyone's like, Oh, can't wait for this in a few weeks. So I'm taking just that. And it's come up more this week because people are bringing back the sec on CBS theme because they're going to be, they're going to get the big 10 rights probably. So um, I'm doing that. That's at least something I do. I just start listening to TV themes before sports start. And we're right in the middle of that for football. I had the um, the red zone theme going today in my head. Like I could just hear it. I don't know why, but yeah, it's because it's coming. I almost um, took and the, I almost took the hard knocks theme straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an unbelievable theme. And then I'm gonna take this is gonna be a little off the board, but this event happening signals that football is is just around the corner. I'm taking the Little League World Series. Taking the Little oh, League World wow. Series. Wow, thanks. Wow, thanks is devastated. <laughs> No, I'm devastated because I hate the pick. It's a terrible pick. It's a terrible event. It's one of the worst oh, events of the year. Stop. I was going to go on a I was going to go on a rant about this all after the thing, like after we did the starting five. And I guess it just has to happen now. The moment that we saw yesterday was a joke, an absolute joke, oh, absolute posturing, absolute posturing, most cringeworthy thing I've seen on television all year. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of cringeworthy stuff. <laughs> it's horrible. For what you're you, what you're talking about, for people that didn't see it, was there was a regional. First of all, ESPN has now gone wall to wall with the regional round of the mm-hmm. Little League World Series, which I think we have officially jumped the shark on this event. I'm over that. Now, the Williams. Now we have. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I would say is, in the past, and I, I have enjoyed the League World Series in my time. The like whole magic of the event to me was that Williamsport 
was sort of like the place where like all this stuff happened. And that brought the importance and prestige to the mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. when like the mid Atlantic regional is being played on like a random little league field in the middle of Delaware or wherever it is. That event has no appeal. I don't know who's watching that. Like mm-hmm. I, that is what I can't figure out. Like who is other than to like get the memes of the guy who's like, yeah, my dream job is being like a chicken nugget collector or whatever. Like that <laughs> stuff is funny, I guess like on the internet, but I don't know who's watching those games on the regionals. If ESPN's going in on it though, there must be people watching. And I get that little league probably has a little more of an appeal to like, not a hardcore sports fan because there's some human interest to like, I guess, and some shock factor even maybe in watching kids. But so, okay. So it's in the region around late in the game. I don't remember the exact situation. I'm not looking it up. Kid throws ball gets away from him. Clearly just, you know, right to the dome of the batter guy, you know, rise on the ground for a little bit, goes to first pitcher is like crying on the mound <laughs> about hitting the kid. So the kid from first base comes to the mound and like gives him a hug. This got, you know, put out as, you know, some things are bigger than sports type of thing. Great sport. We need more of this in our world. And that can't boy, happen on this kid crying on the pitchers mound cannot happen. That's, can't that's happen. the worst then, part. Then, then Portnoy if I'm comes manager, out I'm, with I'm his tweet. S- Pointing to right field and Joey's coming in and he's going, he's sitting in the car. He can't even sit in the dugout. You can't have that. You can't have it. So the point like 12 year olds or eight year olds now, by the way, these people yeah. on Twitter, he's journalists and stuff. It's yeah. Crazy. I, I, yeah. I agree. I, I don't understand why I, I understand. I understand a show of concern. Like sure. you could like, I think that happens all like somebody gets hurt. You being someone, you go up to him, you, you give up. Hey man, like everything, like you see that, you know, put a pat on the back. Like you good, man. Bang. The entire like hug at the mound. And I, this is going to sound like we're like, you know, the people are going to think maybe we're the worst people ever. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's the part of the game. Like, this is just what happens. Like I, I would have, if the kid had gone, like shook his hands up, like give him a fist pound, like, bro, you good. Bang. Yeah. Just like on his jog down at first, just, just give him a little fist pump. And be on your yeah. way. Or like, even you once you're like, first, hey, my fault, my fault. Yeah, yeah. or just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh, a little short respect, a little short respect. Yeah, also, you're right. 12 year olds are not eight year olds, like, or five year olds. Like, also, maybe this is why you shouldn't be, uh, uh, shouldn't be televising. This is what I've never understood with the League World Series at the regional rap. Like, why those games are being televised. And I guess ESPN is just building up store support for like the main event but like this is why sticking 12 year olds in high level competitive situations on tv no less and then like crying on the mound and tv yes yeah, like and he has school in a week and they have to be like how do you get shoved in lockers vacation? in two years they're two years away from being high schoolers yeah that kid's gonna get it that kid the, his first start freshman year they're gonna they're gonna be fans in the stands with also by the way crying on the mound by the way, I guess like if that kid had gotten like stretchered off, I mean, okay, like that. Yeah. But yeah, like okay. he like, got up and went to first. Also, no, no, no concussion check or anything. For that yeah. Kid. Like, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> tell the truth. Like, yeah. Tell the truth. I mean, what are we doing? The kid got absolutely lit up. I will say the Little League World Series has one of the great things in the history of sports, which is the the Little League Dam will be conversion on the pitch velo, which is just one of seventy-seven miles an hour, one hundred two from six translates to one hundred five. Amazing. Also, should not be playing from sixty feet and forty-six feet from the mound. 
And they're, uh, well, and this not. is like the best ones aren't. This is a different the best conversation. Ones aren't. This is a different conversation. This is like it's the heart of baseball's take on the conversation. It, it is. It is. But the best baseball players at that age have not been playing Little League Baseball in 25 years. And it's beginning, like, it's evolved worse and worse over the years. Yeah. Now, where they are, and this is why for a time I think the international players were dominant, is like the best kids in Curacao are actually getting put on the Curacao team. Like, Jonathan Scope is like on those, like, Jerickson Profar played in the League World yeah. Series. So he's the best player. Todd um, Frazier, he played. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. What's the, who's the last MLB player to play in the League World Series? Do you have any idea? Um, there, was the a guy, there was somebody that just got drafted this year there, or two years a, ago. There was a guy who hit a home run, like a walk off home run this, like, week. Who also hit a walk off home run in in Little League World Series, and they were saying like they put literally side by side picture, and it was kind of cool. But I don't know his name. I will say this pick was not a commentary on the quality of the Little League World Series, but simply that that event and the timing, the, the timing of the event, it, the timing. It is like the last. It's like this and the U.S. Open for tennis, depending on when that starts, are like the two events I equate with like footballs around. Sort of the PG, sort of the FedEx Cup, but not really. That's moved around on the schedule too. Too much. Yeah. 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 And now the MLS all-star game, which happened to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Banks, your last pick. Um, Shannon Sharp wanting his restitution. Mm. That's my pick. I want my restitution. I want my restitution. That's a good one. Yep. Like I'm it. so glad we did get to the League World Series discussion because that was an amazing Twitter firestorm yesterday. Yeah, that uh, was. it was kind of a classic, fun Twitter firestorm too. Like it wasn't I that political. Just, although I can't believe this is where we're at, though. Like I just I couldn't believe what I watched. I I could. Yeah, I, I could, could also. Too. It was and also dude, funny. The, the high fives around the base pass is just vomit worthy. It's, that is oh, horrible. When when someone oh. gets a jack hit off them and other players are high fiving them, like, are you competitive? At, I would have never done that. No, I would have got. As this is someone, I got into a fight in a good game line once. Like maybe that's not, you know, as like around the same age. Like let's be a little competitive here at the Little League World Series. If you're gonna stick them on TV, let's be ruthless. This mm-hmm. is a business. I also, want balls. nil I money for these kids, maybe. <laughs> They're not getting a piece of that that money. There's something to say for that, by the way. Talk about getting exploited. I mean, That's they're, not, a seeing point. A set. they're yeah. not even seeing a set. They're getting like free. Uh, I don't even know who makes the jerseys at this point. Um, Saudi Arabia is going to kick off a, a youth baseball league. That's that's <laughs> that's that's interesting. Danny Almonte that is like I am hasn't Saudi Arabia Island. been in this tournament multiple yeah. times they with won. the, oh, the yeah, kids? They won sure. the kids on the army bases. They've played yeah, they games. Had some kid who was like six, seven, one he was year. massive. Yeah, he was like five. Yeah, that was like six or seven years ago. Let me tell you what: live little league is something I would watch. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine shotgun starts? All the games start at the same time. Uh, golden sombrero. <laughs> wow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta I think tune into the, in the was, YouTube for what happened. Was the last fun the League World Series thing the Monet Davis situation? Was that the last fun Little League World Series thing? Sure, I guess. That was a huge deal. Monet Davis is a huge deal. Yeah. She's playing in DC, right? Isn't she playing like she's Howard? Playing for, she's playing for Howard. Yeah. I believe she's playing for Howard or Hampton. I can't she's Ham- playing for a yeah, Miyak. One school. of those. I don't know. She's playing for a Miyak school. Yeah. One of those. Wanted to play basketball, UConn. Did not happen. Um <laughs> yeah, I haven't when the Pennsylvania teams are in. 
that kind of is fun because the you know Williams there's like can be like thirty thousand people those games. Mm-hmm. It's sneaky closer to here than people realize. It's a yeah two hours. I've always change. I've always wanted to see it. Orioles are playing the Red Sox there, the the Little League World Series Classic right. or whatever this year. I, I would oh like that's legit- right. I legitimately want to go up for that. I think that would be neat. Yeah, when is that? I, fun. I don't. It's got to be at the end of August sometime, right? It's got to be. Heard a that thing is it, coming. But... They're in the. Oh, region. by the way, the hot dog at Lama Day. Brutal. Oh. Not a good dog. That's Lama so Lama disappointing. By the way, speaking of special games, the Field of Dreams game is just horrible. Horrible. No, That's a bad job by Major League Baseball. How do you put those two teams in that game? I guess you have to have team. You have to have one of the Chicago teams in it. But my God, have the Cubs play the Cardinals. Like, yeah. What are they doing with the Reds? Awful. Oh, Awful. Lord. After how fun that game was last year, too. That game was one of the best parts of the year last year. Yeah. That, that game was doomed from the beginning when they announced. And, then, and they're not playing it there next year because they're doing like renovations. So they've already announced there's no game in 2023. And it's like, all uh, right, well, just wipe out any momentum. Bring that it, what had. they did last year was so perfect. Bring a giant brand, play one of the Chicago teams. And the White Sox turned out to be good. That they should have just done Cardinals Cubs. Like, what are they doing? The Reds. That's dumb. Yeah, let's finish this draft. One more RDT. I am going weird, not painted end zones and fields in games. How like they will just have blank end zones and there will be no logos on the field at all in some of the games. It's very random. That's why I was like, I don't even know if there will be a logo at midfield. You know how sometimes they just don't paint the field. Like they wait until right before week one when they do it. So it's always like a blank end zone somewhere where you'll see like a stencil outline and the team has like been the, the paint people have been practicing. I always, that always just throws me for a loop. Cause I'm like that entire end zone is just grass. There's no paint on that. So that always, the one thing is to, you see it, you don't see this anymore because these, there's not as much crossover with the stadiums, but you would see like a lot of MLS lines on stadiums during the preseason. Mm-hmm. Like that'll happen. That'll happen in Foxborough mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah the dirt in Oakland. I missed the dirt in Oakland. Yeah. Dirt in Oakland. Yep. That was always good. And you always yeah. got a commentator like, oh, he slid into second when he's the guy's like tackled down on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good one. You've been you were holding on to that one, weren't you, buddy? Oh. Big yawn. Deep yawn. That was a Big deep yawn. yawn. Wow. Sorry. Mm. Um, all right. Let's recap the draft. Wait, you realize football is back. I took fantasy drafts, um, training camp darlings, weather changing, football themes returning, and the little league world series. Um, Banks took slow motion Joe Flacco spirals, fights, hard knocks, beat reporter box scores, and Shannon Sharp wanting restitution. RDT took everyone tweeting the same quote from coaches, grainy footage from training camp. Um, girlfriends, wives, kids at preseason games, what a peck. Random jerseys <laughs> and counterfeit jerseys. <laughs> and we're not painted end zones and fields. Uh, my uh honor bunch is holdouts. Um, the Hall of Fame game slash ceremony, although the game is technically full of being back, but I just feel like that ceremony, the Hall of Fame game is just sneaks up on you every year. I didn't watch a second of the Hall of Fame. No, game. no. Um, uh, that's it. I think I did not have a training camp injuries, training camp injuries. You guys have anything interesting? I had a lot of like quotes and things like best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the, these guys just want to hit something in a different Jersey. I had that just that line alone. Um, Fort Minor had that uh, quarterback controversies, quarterback leaps, as in like, hey, this rookie quarterback kind of had a back and forth, kind of a rocky first year, but is he going to take the leap? Um, Madden ratings, 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, had that. Packers and their bicycles. Um, and then Ravens winning every preseason game. I had bars pumping out like, come out and watch the game, blah, 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 being like thinking that people want to go out and watch those games. Um, you host your fantasy draft here. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I had, yeah, fantasy texts go out. People get hyped for anyone that drafts after the third. Uh, bitching about starters being in or bitching about people not playing. You know, like there's always people are always bitching about one side of it. Um, one friend group who always drafts fantasy way too early and then bitches about a guy getting hurt. Like that happens every yeah. year. Like someone will rupture their Achilles tomorrow night and someone will be like, great, there goes my first round pick. Um, I got people getting hyped for Madden, asking friends for their sketchy streaming sites. And yeah, I think that was it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Nick Henry Medley, Maryland person of the week. Thanks. Can I just give it to another state? Do whatever you want. Just give it to Wisconsin. I spent pretty much the last week in Wisconsin. It was a lovely time. Uh, Great place to go in the summer. I uh, got to golf at a great course, Club Lock the Bell. That's that's the old hat there. Yep. Um, little plug there. Uh, great golf course. Uh, if you're a golfer and you're looking for, it's like a resort style place. It's like it's up and coming. It's I mean it's not Pinehurst, but it's got a putting green like one, and it's it's you know trying to to go down that road. And it's not far from Aaron Hills. It's a great place. We got great beer. I may have drank it too much at a wedding. It happens. Um, we I've been there with you. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, Banksy, Banksy sim- wedding absolutely pops off. Pretty similar condition there the next day. I don't mm. remember the aftermath of Riggs's wedding. I know we got after it, but I just don't remember to the extent. Uh, the we we did the after. old the old pop in at breakfast there the next morning, and then we were on our way. Banks did not have enough for the pop in when we were did not have enough for the pop in last year's wedding. This was. Shout out to the, the great Jimmy and Julia. Yeah, shout out Jimmy, to listener of the show. So we gotta shout him out. Yeah. Um yeah. There you have it. That's my pick. That was People, a great wedding. Wisconsin, of course, friendly as hell. There, I mean I mean the Midwest, dude. I this love, is the thing. I have a tremendous, tremendous appreciation for things that are exactly what you expect them to be. And Wisconsin <laughs> is exactly what you expect them to be. Living up there. I do not get to I, I don't know. I will not be going to Wisconsin this year with soccer. I don't know if we're playing at Wisconsin in basketball. I actually don't remember. Um, but I haven't been, I haven't been, I was there last year and there's people are just so nice. Um, yeah, we do play at Wisconsin. So maybe I'll go there for basketball. Yeah, good state. Good state. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin is very nice people. Plays there in, did you say that? That's space out? Uh, I was talking about basketball. I was talking about basketball. Yeah, I will not travel for football. Early November. But, uh, but um, they do play there as well. That is correct. Um, RDT. Uh, I'm going to go my creative brain because I somehow finagled another Baltimore sports team to use Omar's the whistle for Felix Bautista's entrance. And I, I 100% like believe. Regurgitation, though. Yeah, but I just yeah. literally. I, mean, I, tweeted, good idea. I tweeted out on Sunday, like after the Edwin Diaz, because the Edwin Diaz clip was everywhere. It was an awesome clip. And all I did was tweet out like, I'm still surprised nobody has done this on the Orioles. Felix Bautista is perfect for it. 24 hours later, the Orioles are bringing out Felix Bautista to the Omar whistle. 
I need a definitive clip of the Omar whistle with Felix Bautista because the sort of bootleg stuff I was watching, I don't feel like you get any effect from it. The, the, the Edwin Diaz video from last week where the camera walks behind them is an amazing video. Mm -hmm. Like that place is popping off for him. And I, the, the Orioles need a game where it's like a full crowd and they like go fully in and they just haven't had the opportunity. They need it last, last Saturday where they had 41,000. That would yeah. have been the perfect one. But Baltimore had some buzz last Saturday downtown with their Orioles. It was fun. It was cool. They, I was like at the bar. People were like watching the game bars, like filled up when the, after the game, it was kind of cool. The, um, so I did talk to someone on the social team with the Orioles they said that they couldn't do a video because there's some the song rights. There's something with the song, and they and were for like, sure. Wow. I'm, yeah, and I also don't think that this game the other day when they tried it was the right game to do a video. Well, no, because again, every like you know, we I blogged about it this morning, and I'm, people are like, oh, there's oh, there's there's five thousand people there, and it's like, well, yeah, again, it was a it was a an hour and a half rain delay on a Tuesday night. Like, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of people there. No, no, no shit. But yeah, it's if they do it right and if they incorporate everything right into it, I think it could be awesome. Um, but again, I'm just I'm convinced that squeaky wheel gets the oil. And I think that somehow it got there because I don't I just don't think it's a coincidence that 24 hours after I tweeted it, they did it again. So I thought that was kind of cool. And again, it fits Bautista. It's perfect. Guy's six foot eight, 280 pounds. Like that's a terrifying man linked with that Omar song, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's very scary. So cross our fingers. We hear that, uh, for a playoff game. Cause that would be nuts. That would be, I mean, it, it, I can only imagine what the building is going to look like. If this Orioles team came Sunday, October 9th, mosey their down. way on into the playoffs. That would be, that is going to be just a wild, wild scene. Um, I didn't really have anything great this week. I'm going to take uh, – I, I was joking with you guys. Well, not really joking because it, I did, it did take 45 minutes for me to watch and then come record the podcast. The MLS All-Star game. Um, Dane St. Clair, the lone Terp representative, won the MVP. Um, they just announced. So I'll give it to Dane. 2018 national title. Maryland soccer also back. I know nobody – you know, not a lot of followers of this show may follow Maryland soccer, but that's a big part of my fall. And uh, the boys back on campus this week, back training – I freaking love Maryland soccer. And if you haven't seen a game at Ludwig Field on a Friday night, it's a very fun experience. So they are all over my TikTok. All over my TikTok. Maryland soccer. Maryland soccer? Oh, oh we're my popping gosh. the content, baby. Every other, every other talk is a is Maryland soccer. We're talking. Yeah. Watch those talks. Give them a couple I likes. Do. I do. I think I like them. I think yeah, I do. Baby. Yeah. We got some football talk TikToks going on. Football's coming back. Terps, Terps could be good. Could be a fun fall for the Terps. Terps are Brandon Walker's favorite play, I think, of the year. Over five and a half wins. Don't so. sleep on how fun the Terps offense oh, maybe. Yeah, it's very easy. He one of like some like some of the most passing yards in Big Ten history. Yeah, like six most behind a lot That's of names. Crazy names everybody knows. Yeah. Man. Could be fun. Come to a game at Maryland Stadium. I'll, I'll go gotta, in for my place of employment here. Come, Got to protect them. But full if, offensive if that line, O-line is any good, they're going to be awesome. They're back. All five starters are back. Yeah. Let's go. Come I'm on, excited. baby. Come on, Terps. Come on, Terps. 
Come on. It's all coming together for Maryland sports, for Maryland sports, Baltimore sports, like DC. Just say DMV. Just say DMV. Piss off somebody. No, not saying DMV because we don't want the DMV in this context. We just want the University of Maryland and the Baltimore sports teams because the DC teams are going the other direction. Well, did you see the D with the Wizards tweet? I did see that. I was going to mention that. That is very interesting. Very interesting. I actually meant to text. I don't know how I didn't text it to you. That is like your thing. Confirm that. That is very interesting. What was it? The uh, Wizards put out a like tease of bringing back the like 99 to 2013 era jerseys. Or, yeah, maybe before that, maybe the white, the blue, the gold. Uh, Yeah, the blue, the gold. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, oh. I mean they're gonna bring it back. It's they're clearly bringing it back. I mean I don't know why else you tease. They it changed the, their they changed the avatar and all that to the old like logo and everything. Yeah, yeah. I wish Which is so funny. I actually I think as they were wearing those uniforms, kind of always thought they sucked, and then I just liked them as a throwback. <laughs> yeah. Except for all oh, the Gilbert Arenas gold ones, the gold alternates. I didn't, oh. like, the, I didn't like the gold. Oh, I had I one. Like I bought those. one. They also had some amazing. What they need to bring back oh. now? They had some amazing bullets throwbacks. The I have orange, all those. The orange those ones. are so good. I need. I to how are those golds with the love. blacks gonna look now that the longer basketball shorts are out of style? I don't think they're gonna wear it's those. Good. I think they're just gonna it's wear the look. blue ones and the the blue ones. I think they're just gonna wear the blue ones. And the I think that's one. what it's gonna be. They'll wear the white, the white ones at home. Yeah, yeah. I don't. They're not bringing back those gold alternates. They didn't wear those for very long either. No. So. Yeah, good good job. But that I feel like that's we've talked about that. That's been coming. Clean rebrand. They need it all. But they're not re- gonna rebrand back to no, that. No, no, but that's what we had said before. They need a complete rebrand. Yeah, I do kind of like the stuff they wear though. They just need a better team. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta play better <laughs> basketball. They've done a lot of things like their 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 gear looks pretty good. The arena, like when we went to Capitol Arena for the for the Suns game, Banks, like that thing is up to date. Like it's the nice. board is beautiful. The yeah. like for basketball, I hadn't been in there for basketball yeah. in a while. Like the board, it looks, it's just a good, it's a pretty good basketball arena. They just, and I know it's not as intimate because you have the hockey stuff, but team just, stinks. I don't know. Team just needs to be better. Um, anybody on the out of their honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. I don't think so. My Grievous Vasquez getting elected to the Hall of Fame. I figured you'd go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that video, video. Stuff. that video is so good. We have yeah. another video we're putting out tomorrow that is a must, another must-watch version from that same. Gravis tells a story to Gary about like seeing him on TV and saying that he needs to play for him. It's an amazing story. It's going out tomorrow morning, I so get ready for that one, boys. It is. It's just like a full uncut two minutes and thirty, and and Gary starts like tearing up at the end. It's an incredible video. TJ McFarland, Vasquez. Gravis Vasquez is just unbelievable. He's the best. TJ McFarland, not unbelievable. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Come on. Unnecessary shot at TJ. Sorry, TJ. Um, that's the show. Thanks for everybody for listening. As I said, what an exciting time for Baltimore sports. This is a fun time to be a Baltimore sports fan. I hope people are, you know, enjoying it. Don't have angst about the Ravens. Enjoy the ride of having a fun football team that's good every single year. And then hop on this Orioles train. Hop on it. Have some fun. And to hop on those both those trains, you need to follow the two kings of Orioles and Ravens Twitter. And here's how you do that. Barstool Banks at Barstool Banks on Twitter. You can follow Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow me, 
the King of MLS All-Star Games Twitter at TaylorSpy10. You can follow the podcast at X52 on all the social media platforms you can find. Um, you can support our sponsors, Dead Level Midnight, X52 Merch, Jimmy Seafood, the best joint in town. And uh, get your sunglasses at Fed Thrill. Use promo code X52 at checkout. And that is it for this week's episode of the X52 Podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.